Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we magnify your name. Lord, we've had the opportunity to come and sing out and praise and worship you, Lord. Lift our hands, Lord, and begin to, to pray, Lord, and lay our burdens before you. Lord, we ask you now to meet our hearts, Lord, to move every obstacle, every burden, every issue, Lord, that would hinder us from hearing what it is that you're saying unto the church. Lord, we thank you right now for allowing us to be here on this morning in the midst of your people, God. Lord, we yield and surrender ourselves to you right now for your using, Lord God, that you can speak through me, Lord, to each and every one that's here, Lord, and as I hear, I receive, God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the opportunity to be in your kingdom. Bless your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Linda, she's she's off at a retreat. Amen. They should be heading back soon. Amen. But it was an overnight thing, learning some things with I think with the navigators. So, amen. Her and the, the Giles went over on Friday, and they'll be back this uh, this afternoon. And we just pray that they're receiving everything that God has for them. Another opportunity, amen, to to receive. Hallelujah. You can move up if you desire, get a little closer, resituated, man, because we fit to just go into the Word of God and let the Lord speak to our hearts on this morning. So come on up. You can make your way around. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, Pastor, it's a beautiful day out there. I don't want to go to the park. Now, as we were speaking on last week, amen, we were talking about, you know, we were talking about entering into the at God's atmosphere, amen, coming into a place, amen, to where we can feel the power and the presence and we can receive all that he has for us in that atmosphere, amen. I would love for you to be able to stay in that kind of atmosphere. And don't you know we got to go out and we got to work and we got to, you know, drive around, but God, that doesn't mean God's presence isn't always with us. It is, it is a difference, amen. That's like you and your, your prayer closet, amen. You, you can set an atmosphere in there, amen, that's different than the atmosphere you can set when you're at the computer on your job. And you can talk to him, but it's, it's a, a different thing, amen. But I want us to know that no matter what, we can always be in God's presence, amen. And another way we can enter even into that atmosphere is through our prayer, our fasting time, our devotion time, setting apart, just, just really Committing ourselves, amen. God, I just want to spend some time with you. You know how you would like to hang out with your favorite person? Amen. I say it like that. You know how you like to hang out? Hopefully you like to hang out with your spouse for those that are married. Amen. We know how, you know, you know, people who are dating, they just they just can't help but to be in each other's presence. You know, just breathing on each other, you know, like breathing on the phone, you know. So so just think about the fact that man, there's times that we just need to be like that with God. I don't want to be with nobody else right now. I don't want to hang out with nobody. I just want to hang out with you. I, I just want to.
know, spend some time in your word. I just want to, you know, just know who you are right now, God. You know, and, and I think we need to have that desire. Because if we don't have that desire to be with God, to spend time with God, then it, it, it bespeaks, amen, how we see God. Amen? Because you know, sometimes because we can't physically see him, amen, we don't feel like, well, he's there. Oh, he's there. He's most definitely there. So, oh, but turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Mark, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. Mm. You know, I was talking last week about you know living a life of worship and that and being able to give Him what the sacrifice of praise. Anybody get the sacrifice of praise this week? Come on, just praise him when you don't feel like it. Praise him when you want to be mad. Uh, praise him, you know, in those, those types of situations. I receive such thanks. Amen. You know, but that, you know, give that sacrifice. I'm going to praise you anyway. You just got on my nerves. I'm just going to praise you. Amen. But as we, we look in Mark, the sixth chapter, I want to touch on some things here this morning. Start, I'm going to start reading that verse number one. Amen? So that he went out from thence and came into his own city. Amen? Where did he come? His own city. Now, Jesus has been out doing all kinds of miracles, all kinds of things, but ministering here and there. But he said he came into his own city and his disciples followed him, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? I mean, they're like, wow, where's all that coming from? And what wisdom is this which he, which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Said, so they wonder, wait a minute. You know, they kind of, you know how the, we use the phrase, they're taken back by what they see and what they're hearing. Where is all this coming from? And they said, is not this the carpenter? Hello. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Hosea and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? I mean, ain't this, we, we saw this boy grow up. His family is right here. So where, where, where's all this coming from? You know, they're looking at it. And they're, 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 in other words, they're having a hard time receiving it. Amen? Because they know who he is. And they see him, what? In the natural. So they're trying to connect their natural knowledge and understanding of him growing up and, you know, seeing his family and knowing the ins and outs and the struggles and the ups and the downs and all those things, amen. They, they know all this, and most likely they even remember that he was that illegitimate son. You ever think about that? He's the son, he's the one, he was the firstborn of Mary who was illegitimate. 
See, I, I don't think all of them got it. Oh, oh, that's a virgin birth. That's God's son now. We, we got it. We got it. See, because if that was the case, they wouldn't be asking this question. See, so they see him as the, you know, Mary's illicit relationship that she never really owned up to. She just blamed it on God. And Joseph just went on and married her anyway. And they got all these other kids. But we still see that firstborn, illegitimate son. And now he up here teaching. They're having a hard time connecting the natural path of what they see about Jesus Amen to who he is now. You ever had that problem with anybody? I know people have that problem with me sometimes. Hello? What they know, what they see, what they heard. And so they're, so they're probably looking at Jesus like, who does he think he is? But then look at the, the next verse. It says, well, it's not the next verse. Even that same verse. His sisters are here with us, and they were offended at him. Our times we think, you know, we, we look at him not being received. But when you see, as it says, they were offended at, they took offense that he has the audacity, the nerve to come in here in the synagogue teaching and preaching when we know the truth about you. Huh? And, 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 and look at this. Uh, it, just, it just messes me up a little bit, you know, because... Rather than being able to see what God is doing, they're stuck in the natural. They have no understanding at this point, amen, so they choose to be offended rather than to investigate and try and get greater understanding and knowledge. But Jesus says unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. Hallelujah. In other words, prophets get honor, but when you're going to be in our own place. When you're in your own place, you know, and it's just, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I can look at that even, you know, you can come, you can give your life to the Lord, change your life completely, and then when you go back home around those who know you, anybody been there? Who you talking to? I remember when me and you used to, you know, and they, and they try to reduce you back to that person, uh, and then when you try to tell them the truth, they get offended. Because uh, they have a hard time receiving, you know, who you are now. You see, so and this is not a hard stretch for some of us to, to begin to connect to and to understand. So I, I'm looking at it, but he, he told me, you know, and among his own kin, some of y'all say y'all been there, and in his own house. Now, you know, if you ever really looked at this scripture in its entirety. Not only those in the country, in the region had a problem. In his own city he had a problem with it. His own relatives had a problem with it. But even when he went home to his own house, Mary understood. Mama knew what the truth was. But can you imagine even the ridicule that he may have received from his brothers and sisters? How they may have rejected him. And, you know, Boy, you better get out of my face. Huh? So, so don't, if you ever felt like you've been rejected by folks because you're trying to tell them the truth or you're trying to do the right thing, you ain't going to do nothing Jesus didn't experiment. Okay? Welcome to the club. 
And but then it goes on to say this, and this is what I really want to look at. He said, and he could there do no mighty works, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Just a few sick folk. You know, he might have been able to rebuke a headache, you know, or, you know, a toad or stuff like that, you know, a little cold. But because of it, look what it says. A few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around about the villages teaching. But because of their unbelief, he could even heal them. Just a few little things, amen, because of their mindset. Amen. Even Pastor Bear was exhorting this morning. He's talking about how we are, we're really striving to renew our mind. Renew our thoughts and our thinking, amen, because it's imperative that we do this because if we don't, we create our own roadblocks. Amen? No matter how much God has made available to us, and he's made the universe available, no matter what we're facing, if our minds have not really been changed, and see, I say the word really with emphasis, because we can, you know, we can have a, 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 a moment of clarity, but then we can go back. We'll go back to the thing that we were talking about on Wednesday night. We go back to, you know, that that core belief. You know, we got it here, but we really didn't get it here. You know, we, it didn't change on the inside, down in our heart, Amen. So if we don't get that, we 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 put roadblocks. We have roadblocks in our lives, roadblocks in our walk with God. Go to Psalm seventy-eight with me, real quick. Children of Israel are pros at this. Pastor Bray was hitting on all kinds of stuff this morning. Amen. But the children of Israel were pros, amen. Even as he was talking about, you know, they went through so much they would forget to worship, they start complaining. Amen. Now look, look at this passage in, in Psalm 78, verse 40 and 41. This is what happened. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God, with this last phrase, and limited the Holy One of Israel. Because they would not continually believe, but they would get it for a moment because they saw the water, or they saw the quail, or they, you know, for a moment they got happy. But their belief system didn't change because they were still stuck in Egypt. They were still stuck in a place, amen. So, so they would get happy. They had a fleeting moment. But then what happens? They, they would turn back. Well, look what he said, amen, because they, they turned back. They didn't turn back to Egypt, but they turned back to their old mindset. They turned back to their complaining and their dissatisfaction and their unbelief. And because of those things, what did it say? They limited, just like Jesus ran to, into his own home, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Hello. Ask you today, what are you limiting? Where are you limiting God? You know, where, where, where are we going back to the old thoughts or the old ways or the old precepts or old mindsets and limiting God from what he really wants to do in our lives, amen, in our homes. See, I want to help us to get to a place today, or at least get on a journey to some things.
that we can be able to operate in the greater power that God wants us to operate in the supernatural realm, but we can't go there with limited mindset. We can't go there with the roadblocks and the walls and the limitations, amen, that we put on God, amen, because of what we just seen in these two passages of Scripture, our unbelief and how we really see God. Amen? So we, we got to get there, amen, but if we, if we don't do this, Amen. We'll stay limited. So we're, we're going to talk about today is taking the limits off. Amen. How many of y'all want to take the limits off? Sometimes we don't even know we got limiters on us. Uh, we, don't, we don't realize that the places that we limit ourselves are, are, are what I really mean to say is where we limit God. Amen. Because see, if we don't, you know, it's our faith that activates God, that moves God. Amen. See, a lot of times we, we, we think if I cry hard enough, you know, your tears don't move. Amen. All kind of people cry. Amen. If that's all it took to move God, boy, we'd be, woo, we'd be so blessed. Huh? Every time I need them, I just go out and cry. Huh? But see, when we, we, we come on, you know, someone think about crying right now. You know, but crying ain't going to answer the problem. Because he what? He says, he already knows what we have need of. You cannot bring an issue or a problem to God. You cannot bring an issue or a problem to God that he doesn't already know you have. He's not going to say, what? When that happened? No. He already knows. But he says we have not because we but he wants us to ask how? In faith. Amen. You know, so other times we're asking for stuff that he, you know, is out the box. You know, so you, you say you're asking, you ask amiss so you consume it upon your lust. So, again, God ain't going to answer that one either. So think about this. Go to Genesis 1 with me. Now that we just laying a little foundation here. Take the limits off. I like to ever gone over there to Muckle Hill to the little go-kart place. Inside go-kart, you know, the go-kart track and, you know, go-kart. Amen. You know, them little things you go over there. And, and see, people don't realize that they got limiters on them. But they, we call governors. Amen. So that they can only go so fast. And once you, you hit a certain speed, it starts, it starts cutting itself back. Because they don't want you to go the full speed that it can go. I know back a few years ago, they probably still got them on, on them trucks. They got governors, amen, so they don't go, you know, know what I'm talking about. They got governors, so you can't go over a certain, you know, because they will run. But they don't want you going that fast with a big old truck, so they put a governor on there to slow you down when you when you get into the upper end of this, what they feel like is the safety zone, amen. And see, I, I'm saying all this to say that's a limiter. It limits the speed. It limits the potential. It limits the power. And the enemy has put a lot of things in our life that are governors. Amen. That are limiters that are stopping us, amen, from really being able to enter into the supernatural authority and power that God wants us to be able to operate in and see manifested in the church. Amen. So he throws all kinds of stuff at us, amen, to stop us. But we want to change that. Because, see, look, look, look at, and, and we know that, I'm not going to go to that passage, but we think about the fact that God created us. And when he created man, what did he say? He said, let us make man, I think it was Genesis 1, let us make man 
in our own image after our likeness. Isn't that right? You know, so that's exactly what he did. Now, I want you to think about this. When God said, I want to make man after our image and after our likeness, that meant he made us just like him. Amen? Now, he didn't make us to be lookalikes, which we call in today's market a knockoff. You know, I got a coach purse. You know, I, I you know I got a Louis Vuitton. You know, I got no, no. You got a knockoff. You you ain't got the real thing. It looked like it, but upon closer examination, we find out that it's not the real deal. It's not authentic. You know, if you look at it close enough, it tell on itself. Remember, from a distance, it looked like a Christian. But upon closer examination, it's a knockoff. Just tell somebody next year, I'm not no knockoff. Uh, you can't be, you know, don't, 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 don't. Uh -uh. You don't want to be a knockoff, okay? You don't want to run around with the label Christian on you, but they know, you know, you start looking on the inside and the seams is all messed up, and, you know, and they got cheaper, inferior materials. And, you look at the patterns, and there's always something that tells us that they can't actually copy the exact pattern, but it looked close enough from a distance. Don't be no knockoff. Amen? See, so why? Because he made us to be just like him, amen, once we come into it, even the pastor read Thessalonians too, when we come into that identity, when we understand our identity, amen, and the, the authority that God wants us to be able to operate and walk in by his spirit, amen, then we can do the same things that God has sent Jesus. Jesus told us we'll do greater things. Amen. We'll be able to walk in ways that he walked, amen. We, we won't be, you know, tossed to and fro by everything going on in this world, amen. But we got to get the limiters out of the way. We got to get the mindset lined up to line up with the will of God. So, so, but look at Genesis one and one. First scripture in the Bible. You can't miss it. Amen. Don't even need the index. Huh? Say in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep, and this is the part I want us to look at, and the Spirit of God moved, and the Spirit of God moved, hallelujah, notice, and I know what the rest said upon the face of the water, but in the beginning, think about this, that whole passage is, 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 is good, because there's places that are are without form and void and got darkness in our lives. <laughs> Amen. I, you know, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this? I'm still struggling with this. I'm still fighting with this. Before the Lord spoke a word about let there be anything, something else took place. We just looked at it. The Spirit of God moved upon the situation. And because the Spirit of God moved upon the situation, now, and he is the Spirit, he is that self-same Spirit, but once he moved upon it, amen, 
anything that he spoke came into existence. And we see that he created time, and for the next six days, amen, he spoke a lot of things, and therefore we have the earth today, and we're here today, because first, the Spirit moved upon the situation that was null and void and without form. Huh? Are y'all tracking with me? So, so we got to recognize this. And this we, 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 oh, yep, okay. we, we declare and decree a lot of things. Amen. We, 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 we say a lot of things in prayer, but I will have us to ask ourselves a question. I'm not saying you, okay, uh, a question. Did the Spirit of God move first? Is this where the Spirit is moving? Or is this just where you're standing? Is this just what you're declaring? You're decreeing? And, and by what authority? Are we speaking? Now, I understand. I've been there. I'm, I'm with you, okay? As I, as I looked at it, I'm like, okay, God, speak out. Because we got to really get real, amen. If we're going to function and flow and operate like he wants us to function and flow and operate, amen, we have to do it according to his spirit, amen, and not wishful thinking. Amen? Amen? Because, I mean, I, I look at this example here. He said, before anything, the Spirit of God moved upon that situation. And then as God spoke, now we've seen, and I'm sure some of you in here have experienced it, when the Spirit is moving and we begin to speak, things happen. Things take place. Amen. But of our own volition or our own head knowledge, God is not obliged to move just based on that. Notice I said not obliged. He can do whatever he wants. Amen, but not obliged to move just based on that. But if he's already in the situation, see, when we know the Spirit is already in the situation, God is already moving in the situation, now he wants us to, you know, come in alignment and agreement and participate with what it is that he's already doing. And as we do that, we begin to see things taking place. Amen? Ah, good example, Ezekiel 37. I know some of y'all are familiar with that passage. Let's go over there real quick. See, because realize this, we want to see the supernatural things happen, isn't that right? We want to see supernatural manifestations of healing and deliverance, amen, and people being set free, amen. But I, I, I'll say this, I, I wrote it like this in my notes, it said, no spirit, no super. Uh, you, can, you, can, that's, you can put that on a bumper sticker. Huh? No spirit, no super. It's just going to be natural. Amen? Because you got to have the spirit, amen, involved for the supernatural. That's why he puts his super on our natural. Amen? And then we see manifestations that take place in our lives and healing and deliverance and breakthroughs and all those things happen. Why? Because God is involved in that. Amen? Don't you know your, 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 your salvation was supernatural? Huh? He said, no man coming to the Lord except I draw. And that means except my spirit moves on him. Amen. And, and when the spirit of God moves on you, you can't, you can't just say, okay, I'm going. Okay. You know, I've seen people try to resist, but it, it don't last long. The spirit of God moves. Amen. But Ezekiel 37 and 1 says this. 
the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out where? In the spirit of the Lord. See? He couldn't do it by himself, but he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. Wow. Again, we see the spirit of God doing this thing. which was full of dry bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were what? Very dry. We talked about the void places, but there's also dry places in our lives, in our families, in our circumstances. He said it were very dry and he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? How many times you look at situations, circumstances in your life and wonder if it will ever be in your life? Uh, will I ever get any help? He said, can these bones live? And I answered, I like his answer. Lord God, thou knowest. Oh, what he's saying, Lord, I don't know. You know. You, I'm not going to try to even take it up on myself to figure it out. You know. Uh, we, we think we got the answer. It's good to admit when we don't know. Amen. So thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. See, now the deliverance is what? Hearing the word of the Lord. In other words, in that situation, you've got to put the word of God on. Uh, we, we, we try to do everything else, but we, we need to put, I'm, I'm still talking about, you know, taking the limits off. See, because as long as we operate in the natural there will be limitations. As long as we see our circumstances and situations only in the natural, there will be limitations. Amen. But as soon as we step back and begin to operate in the spirit, amen, and begin to see things from a spiritual perspective, you'll begin to see limitations removed. Amen. As we, but we got to stay there. You can't, you can't be there for a minute then, you know, be like the children of Israel, amen, and, and, and go back. You know, and why? Now, again, they, because what happened, they went back. They limited the, the Holy One of Israel. Amen? So we got to continue to press in in the Spirit. That's why I'm constantly talking about we got to walk in the Spirit. We got to live in the Spirit. Amen? We got to operate according to the Spirit of God because if we do it based on our own selves, we're going to stay on the treadmill. Or, or should I say the roller coaster? Up and down. Up and down. You know, time to get off the roller coaster. Amen? Yeah, enough is enough. We're going to go up. But he said, you know, and they shall live. And the sixth verse says, and I, I will lay sinews upon. Oh, wait, I missed the verse. I missed verse number five, didn't I? Y'all didn't even tell me. Help me now. Thus said the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinew upon you, and I will bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin. And put breath in you, ye, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Why? Because the word of God was spoken. They heard the word. Amen. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. The veins begin to move. 
amen, as he began to prophesy according to the word of the Lord, amen. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Hello. In other words, amen, there was still no life in them. Ooh, I got a, a, a note here that I put in here. It says, this sometimes reflects our prayer. We pray, but if, if we're not praying according to the Spirit, we're not praying according to faith, believing, there's no life in that prayer. I prayed. Was there any life in your prayer? Yeah, our prayer time has got to be real. Amen? You ever have a conversation with somebody and you knew they really didn't mean what they were saying? You just, you just feel it in your, you know, they're just saying this just to say this because they know it's the right thing to say. You know, but you know there's, there's no, no merit behind Do you not know if we can feel that or we can discern that, how much more God knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart? Amen? And why am I saying that? Because sometimes we, we make even our prayer a religious practice instead of a sincere communication with God. So don't, don't pray just because you know you're supposed to pray. Pray because you desire to. Pray because we know we need to communicate with God. We need uh, his help. We need to bring our petition before him, and we desire to be in his presence. Don't pray just because it's prayer time. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You know, we pray over our food. Lord bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. I heard one prayer, skin and meat, let's eat. You know, <laughs> where's the sincerity in that prayer? You know, I mean, who you, who you, who you, who you lifting that up to? I'm not saying that to say we got to have a long, convoluted prayer. Just a simple prayer over your food, a sincere prayer over your food is that, Father, thank you for this food. Thank you for this this people. Father, bless this food. Those few words can make all the difference in the world. But if we're just throwing something at God without any real thought or heart or purpose or meaning, there's no life in it. I'm just trying to help us, okay? Hallelujah. Because it is a sincere relationship with him. But he said, there was no breath in them. Then I said, then said he unto me, prophesy to the wind. Now, what, now I want y'all to catch this. He did what God said. The, the bones came together, the sinews came, the skin came, everything was there. But there was no life in them at that point. And the Lord told him, then said unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, are y'all getting it? Hallelujah. The pneuma, the wind, huh? Now, look what he said. Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. The breath represents the life. It represents the spirit. Because without the spirit, they were still dead. They still could not function or flow or do anything, amen. And it's the same, like I said, I think last week I was talking with the walking dead without the spirit. Hello? I know y'all don't like it when I say that. But if I can think about another way to say it, I might. That don't mean I'm ill. Amen? 
But he said, but the wind came into them that they may live. So I prophesied and commanded as he commanded me. And breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Wow. Because now they got life in them. See, you need that, that kind of life to rise up, amen, in the church today. Amen. Those that are functioning and operating. But again, they had to have the Spirit of God moving and flowing, amen, on the inside. We got to get to this place and say, Lord, I yield completely to you. I'm taking off all the limitations, all the barriers, all the things that are stopping me, amen, from really trusting you, stepping in and believing you, amen. Because if we stay stuck based on what we see in the natural, we will always be limited. Amen. You know, because we realize that we're operating, we're living in a fallen world. I like to repeat that as often as I can. We're living in a fallen world, amen, and the prince, well, I, you know, we say the prince of the power of the air, but there's another pastor that wrote it down, you know, where, where Satan is referred to as the god of this world. Like this. So who's in charge here? This is, this is his territory. So do you think he's going to make it easy for you and me to see things in the spiritual? No, he's going to keep on throwing all kinds of obstacles and roadblocks and temptations and trials and issues against us. Why? To keep us distracted and to keep us overwhelmed so that we don't take time to step back and begin to see things spiritually. And as long as he can do that, if as long as he can just keep throwing things at you and keep hitting you and keep on, you know, keeping us, you know, off track, then he, he thinks he's going to win. I say he thinks he's going to win. But see, that's where he's mistaken. Because we know the passage that says, you know, upon this rock I will build my church. And what? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's why it's important that we get in the church. And I'm not talking about this building. Uh, that's why I'm talking about getting in the spirit. Getting into God all the way, amen, to become a part of that body of Christ. So now we can... We can know how to navigate the obstacles, amen. We can know how to ne negotiate our way through all these things that the enemy is throwing against us, so therefore we can continue to stand no matter what he tries to bring our way. Amen. Oh, I see you, devil, and you're not going to win. I, I, I see what you're trying to do. Amen. Romans 12 and 2 says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So it goes back to that transformation again, out of the natural into the spiritual. Amen. See, we, when he's talking about that transformation of our mind, he's not talking about just how you think and how you see things, how you, notice what I said? But how does God think? How does God see things? He tells us in his word over and over again in so many places, amen, how he sees it. Amen. So he said, the renewing of our mind. Let me get out of my thinking, out of my way, and, and get into God's thing. And scripture said, let this mind be in you, which was what? Also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery, what? To equal with God. Amen. In other words, because he understood who he was. He, he, knew, he knew his identity. Amen. So, so we look at this. So as we talk about this renewing of the mind, amen, the renewing of your spiritual mind because until we come to Christ we, we become we we've always been accustomed to operating according to the natural mind you know 
touch it, we taste it, we hear it, we, do, we can see it. You know, and that has fed our soul, amen, to now we live based on the senses and the natural mind. But look what it says in Ephesians 4, the 23rd verse. And be renewed in what? The spirit of your minds. Ah. So, in other words, we got to renew the spiritual mindset. See, so when we take when we take that scripture in, in Ephesians 4.23 and we couple it with Romans 12 and 2, we see the renewing is a spiritual renewing. It's not a natural renewing. So now I got to work on renewing the spirit of my mind so I can operate in the spirit, so I can walk in the spirit. So as I do that, now I, I can surpass the limitations of my natural mind and I, it can help me to see Christ for who he really is. It can help me to see into the supernatural realm, amen, things that can be done, amen, and I'm not limited by the things of this world. Pastor, that, sound, that all sounds good, but how do you, how do you put all that to practicality? How, how do you really make that work? <laughs> Just help us out a minute. One step at a time. One day at a time. As we exercise our faith, amen, operating in the spirit of God, believing him. See, it's, it's amazing that when we really begin to believe God, we're going to have some aha moment. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, oh, oh. Maybe you won't even get to the ha part. Just, oh, it worked. He did it. How did that happen? You know, when we really begin to step out and believe God, oh, maybe, maybe I'm the only one that's ever had those moments. You know, but, but see, when you step out there, you trust him. When you just don't know how it's going to work, but Lord, I'm not going to make a move. I'm not going to do I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. Lord, I, I'm, I'm kind of scared right now, but I'm still believing. Uh, I'm not going to move. I'm exercising my faith. It's okay, you know, because he knows that, you know, in the now, we, we done got so used to operating according to the, our, our natural senses that it's going to be a little uncomfortable sometimes when we get really, really ready to step out there, you know, exercise some faith. It's a, that's okay. It's just like when you're teaching your child to walk. You know they're a little nervous, and you nervous too because you think they might fall and skin their knee or bump their head. But you, that don't mean you're just going to hold on to them and not let them try. So God understands, amen, as we're learning to walk this new walk, that, yeah, there's going to be a little timidity sometimes. But, yeah, God, I just want to trust you. And not always waiting until we to, uh, to the, the end of the road till we, we ain't got no other choice. We done tried everything else, and now we come to him. No, you're coming out of faith or necessity, out of desperation. You've got to come to him. Lord, help me to exercise my faith in you, trusting you all the way. And help me get past the limitations of what I see, the limitations of the, the how, how, what's the word? I get past the mirage that's been put in front of me. Uh, uh, there's been things in my life, amen, that look like a major obstacle set before me, and I refuse to let it sway me. I'm just going to do what God says. I'm just going to do it his way. And, and when I got there, it's like it's just like a mirage. It's just like it dissipated. Simple as that. 
It was there to stop. It was there to cause my faith to waver, but you know what? I'm going anyway. Amen? I'm going to trust him anyway. So we got to get to that place and say, Lord, I'm not going to be moved by what I see. Amen. I'm going to move according to what I believe. Uh, amen. See, see, so you got to decide what movie you're going to make. Because if we understand when the Spirit moves upon it, when God's Spirit is moving upon you to do something and it looks crazy, remember, it moved upon everything else that was null and void and was darkness. Amen. But then when God said, do something, what happened? Everything came to pass. So we got to get to that place, Lord. Are we removing the limitations? Are we removing all the limitations that stop us from trusting you and believing you and going all out with you? Amen. To go into the things that you've given us to do. Amen. Let's jump back over to the New Testament. Go over with me. Well, we're still in the New Testament. Amen. In Matthew. Hallelujah. Got to renew our minds up. Let's look what he told our friend Simon Peter. Matthew, the 16th chapter, verse 17. We still need to ask ourselves, do we know who Jesus is? Huh? Do we really know who he is? Amen. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah. Because Simon, you know, after he asked all the disciples, Simon said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, well, wow. Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee. Uh-oh. I'm about to go in another, you know, add a little something to what I'm trying to help you to see here. Amen. But my Father, which is in heaven. Notice what he told him? Flesh and blood. See, you couldn't figure this out just in the natural. That's what flesh and blood represents, the natural. He said, this is not something that you could have got in the natural. But he told me, it is a revelation from my Father, which is in heaven. Now, how do you imagine Peter got that revelation? He's probably sitting there listening to all the other answers. You know, like, oh, Lord. You know, and you ever, you ever you know, start praying, Lord, help me? help me? I can just imagine Peter sitting there, Lord, help me. I don't understand. And, and God gives him a revelation. He gives him a rhema word that he's the Christ. He's my son. So when he answers the question, Jesus immediately says, that didn't come from you. Huh? That, 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 that came from my father, which is in heaven. God is willing to give us revelations in everything that we're dealing with. What is your will? What is going on with me right now? What's happening? Amen. When you really begin to walk in the spirit, amen, God will be re begin to reveal truths to you. He'll begin to reveal answers to you. He'll begin to reveal directions to you that's already set in motion and already ready for us to step into. Amen. It's almost like a hidden road map. I, you know, I, I see that if we would just step into it, amen, but otherwise it's not revealed. You ever have some, I, you know, I maybe I just have to have to y'all, you know, but I, I once had this, this email that was sent to me, you know, and it was it just had a little bit right at the top, and then the rest of the page was blank. You know, but it gave me instructions. Highlight the page, 
and then you know how you change the font color? Because it was, it was there, but what the person had done is they typed everything out, and then they highlighted the font, and they changed the color of the font from black to white. So now it's on the page, but you can't see it. It's hidden. And, and they had to give instruction on how to reveal what was already there. It's not like you're going to sit there and type it's already there. And what am I saying? God will reveal to you things that are already there. By the Spirit, he'll give you instruction to reveal, amen, what you can't see otherwise. Without taking the steps that he gives you to take, the instruction and the direction he gives you to take to reveal what he's already got in store, to reveal the way out. He said, you know, when he talks in the, in the Word, he said, I will not put no more on you than you're able to bear, but he'll do what? He'll make a way to what? Escape. He'll reveal your way out. But if you're not praying and you just focus and you operate in the flesh, you're not even looking for a way out. It ain't going to be revealed. But anybody walking in the spirit, they feel that temptation. They feel that struggle. They feel that anger rising up. And they, they choose, well, I'm just going to go with the flesh. You're going to get the, the results of the flesh. But when you feel those very same things and you choose, I'm going to walk in the spirit, all of a sudden God will reveal, exit stage left or say this or don't do that. He reveals your way out of the situation. It's already there, but because you're in the flesh and not in the spirit, you don't see that. You don't see the escape. But when you choose to walk in the spirit, the escape becomes clear. The way out becomes clear. Why? Because we're walking in the spirit. Therefore, we don't fall by the traps of the enemy that are set right before us. That's why it's so important that we learn to operate according to the spirit, constantly praying, constantly calling on God. Help me, Holy Spirit. And he's right there. To, he said, I'll nigh you, even in your mouth. He's not waiting for you to get over the problem before you call on him. He's not waiting for you to stumble. He, God don't take no pleasure, you know, in us repenting every time. Lord, I'm sorry. He, he, you don't have to be sorry all the time. Just be obedient. Call on me. If we can't be obedient nowhere else, just be obedient enough to call on him. Lord, I got myself in a pickle. Help me out this jar. He'll make a way if you just call on him. He, he, he know where you are. See, but the enemy comes along. Oh, you shouldn't have been here in the first place. You're guilty. Don't call it because you, you're going to expose yourself. You're already exposed. And so he wants to limit our ability to call on God in the midst of our struggle, amen, so that he can lead us out and love us all the way through it. Hey, we got to take the limits off. Amen. We don't have to fall to to anything that's producing anything less than the, the fruit of the Spirit. We do not. It's when we choose to say, God, I yield and I surrender to your ways and your will. Lord, I want to take all the limits off of my mind. I know things are going to come against me. I know things are going to come against my family. I know things are going to come, but Lord, I want you to order my steps. I want you to lead me. I want to know your course. I want to know your purpose. I want to know your direction. Amen. And when you do it, that we can give you all the glory. We can magnify you in it. Amen. And in the process, we're giving the devil a black eye. Right? We, we, we might be in this world, but we're not of this world. Amen. I'm operating in a, in, a, in a higher plane, in a higher realm. Amen. When I'm walking in the spirit of God, when you're walking in the spirit of God, you're in another realm. You're in another place. 
Amen. You're open to everything that he has to say to you and lead you. Amen. Why? Because you've opened yourself up. Lord, I just need you right now. I don't want to do nothing that's that's out of your will. Nothing. That's why I know that, you know, when when he tells us, amen, to be like him, amen, and see as we can do it because if we just, you know, incline our ear unto him, he'll order every step. He said, what the scripture said? The steps of a bad man. Ah, see, y'all know, y'all, the steps of a good man. Now, notice we said, steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I think if the Lord orders a good man steps long enough, he can become a great man. Huh? See, if you just start off wanting to be good, huh? Just just striving to be good, he's going to order your steps. He's going to give you direction and course. Amen. It's just not steps where to go. It's what to say. Uh, it's how to move. I mean, when he's talking about the steps, he means the course of your life will be ordered by him, amen, by, because why? You've chosen to walk in the Spirit. I can't do this of myself. I can't do this in, on my own. But, God, I need you, and if, if, if you just come by, I can do all things. But look at the 18th verse in there, amen. He said, you know, after he lets you know, amen, that this was revealed unto you by my Father, and I say unto, unto thee, that thou art Peter. Huh? See? You know, in other words, okay. You're Peter, and upon this rock. Hello. In other words, upon this revelation, upon this understanding. I will build my church, and the gates of hell might not be able. I'm, 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 I'm putting my own version in there, right? Okay. But it says, shall not. Now, the word shall is pretty strong to me. Amen? He says, shall not prevail against it. Are you the church? That's the question. If, if, if the stuff that's coming against you, you know, we, we think, you know, I don't know, you know, when, we, when people read that passage, you know, they think, well, the gates of hell, I ain't got there yet, so I'm okay. What he's saying is anything coming from those gates. Anything coming through those gates, huh? That's coming against you in this present time won't prevail. It'll it'll have no power. Why? Because you are a child of God, huh? And you're walking according to the revelation, Amen, of who He is, Amen. As we get our identity in Him, no matter what the enemy throws at us, it's not going to prevail. Does that mean we're not going to have struggles and issues that come against us? Does that mean everything's going to work out according to what we want? No. That means it won't stop my walk with God. That means it won't cause me to turn my back on God. That means it won't cause me to walk into sin. I might lose my house, but I'm not going to walk into sin. My child might get sick, but I'm not going to turn my back on God. I might have struggles in my life. My finances might go crazy, but I'm not going to turn my back on God. That will not prevail against me. Yes, he hit me in that area. Yes, he hit me in that But it will not prevail against my faith. It will not prevail against my relationship with God. We live in a fallen world. We're going to be affected by stuff that's going on around us. The Bible said it rains on the just as well as the unjust. You think because you saved you don't need an umbrella? Just going out there. I ain't going to get wet. Natural elements are going to affect us, but we're not of this world. So I will not let it prevail. I'm not going to melt because the rain hit me. I'm not, I'm not the wicked witch of the West. 
I'm melting. I'm melting. No, we're not melting when adversity comes. We're standing. We're prevailing against it. And we're not letting it prevail against us. Why? Because I'm the church. I'm a part of the church of the living God. But too many Christians are wilting. Because the limitations of our mind that are stopping us from being able to hear and understand and walk according to the will of God. Take the limits off. Trust God no matter what it looks like. Stand firm no matter what it feels like, no matter what they're saying. Stand. Trust and believe him and watch what he does. He's going to make a way. He promised us. I said he promised us and God is a promise keeper. He said he will supply all of our needs according to what? Now, see, you might not get everything you want, but Daddy said, he's going to take care of your needs. Huh? Oh, yes, he did. He said he will. Uh, I don't serve a broke God that can't help me. I don't serve a God that's impotent, that don't have no power to bring me out of a situation or a circumstance. Huh? No, he, he's able to do all things but fail. If we just trust, take the limits off. Stop, stop, stop. Thinking limit, limitedly. We serve a limitless God. Amen. So no matter what the situation, amen, we are able to stand. Able to trust him. Amen. Able to, to be restored in him. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I thank God. Then the, the 18th verse, I mean the 19th verse, we just read 18. 19th and he said, and I will give unto thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Wow. In other words, keys. He got revelation. Now keys, amen, things that can open doors. That's what keys do, amen. Make ways. I'll give you the keys. Amen. If you would just, if you just walk according to these things, I'm not going to let hell prevail against you, amen. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom, amen, so you come unto my kingdom, amen, with understanding and knowledge so that you can walk out the way things the way I want you to walk them out, amen. You can have access, amen, to the, the things that I said, the promises that I've given you, Amen. Then he goes on to say, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Wow. Notice how I love the fact that he said it, it, it'll be created. It's already there. We just got to loose it. Huh? The provision, amen, the blessings, all those things already there. The supernatural is already in existence, amen. We just got to speak by faith. And as we do that, we begin to see what God is able to do in our lives, our circumstances, in our situations. God wants to bless his people. Amen. He wants us to be able to walk and operate in a way, amen, that, that the world recognizes that we serve a God that is loving. That even when, when tragedy and struggles and things like that befall us, amen, he wants the world to be able to see a blessed people in the midst of it. Huh? It's not all about our stuff and what we got, amen. It's who we got. That's what sets us apart. That's what makes the difference, amen. And as we grab hold of that, amen, then the world begins to see, wow, the testimony and the witnesses, they're going through all that and they're still praising God. They still go, they're going through all that. They, they, still, they, they ain't complaining. they praising. Huh? They, they're operating in the faith. Wow, how in the world? And then, then on the other side, God will begin to... to, to Send things your way. How many of us like things? We all got things, and we all—I I guarantee—if we did a, a poll throughout this 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 room right now, everybody, if it was honest with yourself, would write down something that you desire to have. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I don't. 
I got well, yeah, maybe, maybe you want a better house. Maybe you want a new couch. Maybe you just, you just maybe you just need a new stuff. I don't know what. But I guarantee, if you were honest with yourself, everybody could write down something they would like to have. Isn't that right? I got a few honor people down there. Huh? And see, God is able to say, you know what? Okay, okay, here you go. No, it's all the same thing. Take the limitations off. Huh? If we, we take the limitations off of God, amen, let, let's look at Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things, say all things, may abound unto every good work. Now we we look at God is here all grace toward us, all sufficiency toward us, so we can abound unto every good work. Amen. See, and there's things that we need in order to be able to do that. There's things that we need, amen, in order to be able to flow and to function in, in different capacities and different ways, amen, so that we can abound in daily good works, both, both spiritual things and natural things, because we're operating in a natural world being a spiritual being. Isn't that right? See, because, you know, we can, we can be so, you know, we, we can just say, let it, let it all be spiritual. Then, okay, what you going to do? You still got to operate in the natural world. Huh? So we said, no, we, we said, well, we don't want nothing natural, so we get rid of all our cars. You know, we, we, no, we need natural things to function in a natural world. I'm not trying to be facetious, but I, I want us to see the reality, amen, of where we live. Now, if we live down in the outbacks of Australia, you know, where they still ride horses and everybody don't have a car, or, you know, then you would need that there, okay? You know, you go down into, you know, some of the, Parts of the Amazon and Brazil and places like that, that car ain't going to do you no good down there. You ain't got no paved roads in that place. So we see, God, Lord, give me a car. No. So it's according to where you are. God knows what you need and where you are, and he's able to supply those needs, amen, so that we can be able to flow in the function and to represent him like he needs to be represented. Sometimes we get spooky or scary, amen, when we talk about natural needs. Amen. But how many is ready to turn on all our natural needs? Give up your house. Give up your car. Give up all the stuff. Don't go to the supermarket. Go shoot something. Huh? You know. No, that's that's not. So we got to understand. God is wise enough to know what we need where we are. He puts us here. Amen. Let's look at that same verse in, in the Amplified. Amen. 2 and 9. He said, and God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing. Come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing every, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Didn't leave much out, did he? In other words, he knows what you need, where you are, and he's able to supply it unto us. But notice the word, it's always what we need. Huh? Hallelujah. He's able to do those things so that we can be a good representative. God, we, God, 
God is not like one that sent an ambassador to a foreign nation where we are from heaven, where we were created, amen, and, and not supply them so that they can represent wealth. Huh? How many of you would want to be an ambassador and say, okay, I want you to be an ambassador to Ecuador, and you get your own ticket, find your own house, I'm not going to give you a budget, just go down there and represent me. United States doesn't do that. I, don't, I can't think of very many countries that would do that. So I don't believe the God of heaven would do that. Amen? But he wants us to be wise stewards of everything that he gives us. Amen? But again, take the limitations off. Why are we striving and struggling for this, that, and the other? Why, not, why are we just going to the Father and saying, Lord, you know what I have need of? You know the purpose, you know the plan, you know the things that you have for me. Why? But see, when, we, when we're not walking in the spirit, when we're not striving to do it as unto God, when we're, as, you know, as I, I quoted the scripture earlier, when we're doing it to consume it upon our own lust, then we have all these struggles and we run into limitations and barriers and all these things. But when we really choose to yield God, I want to walk according to your plan. I want to move and I want to do like you want me to do. Amen. I want the spirit to move upon it before I say a thing. I want, I want the spirit to move upon it. Amen. And when your spirit moves on it, when your spirit is in it, I know all is well. Amen. Even when struggles come and tragedy hits, when your spirit is moving in the midst, all is well. I like the passage Pastor Linda brought up a couple of weeks ago. When the woman's child died and she's going, she's going to get Elijah, he said, is everything, it is well. Her husband said, why, why are you going to get the man of God? It is well. Uh, she, was she operating in the flesh? No. She was moving in the spirit. All is well. And we got to get to that place to understand God has your back. When we yield ourselves to him, when we surrender to him, God's got us. God's love is amazing. His ways might be confusing sometimes, but his love is amazing. And, and He wants us to be the example to the world. I want you to think about that. How many of us have ever been made an example of? In a natural. Come on. So I'm going to make an example out of you. And usually in the natural, it's done in a negative fashion. They want to make an example of you so those that's coming behind you don't mess up. They go, oh, boy, I'm going to whoop you up. I'm make you an example of your brothers and sisters. Uh, or in school, they want to make an example of you. Or on the job, they want to make an example of you. Amen. See, but when God wants to use you as an example, he wants you to be a good example. Huh? Uh, when, when God is using you for an example to the world, even the apostles, he told us and admonished us to be examples to those that follow us. We got to see, he wants us to be in a place of where when they see us, and, and this is the key, whether it's an up or down, he wants us to be an example. When everything is good, he wants us to be, know how to give him the glory. When, when everything, when things are going crazy, he wants us to know how to give him the praise. Huh? And, and in that, we'll be an example to those around us, and you be an example long enough. The Lord said he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Huh? You know, who doesn't help me with this? I'm a 
if y'all y'all get me. But I I, I want to be an, I, well, I want to be a good example. Amen. Now notice I said a good example, not just good going on in my life. Of course I want good going on in my life. But regardless of what befalls me, I want to be a good example of Christ. Amen. And more believe me, I've had some things before me. You know, been tried and tested. But I, and I pray I've been a good example. And I desire to continue to be a good example regardless of, of the woes and the things that come against me. Regardless of the, the comments and the, you know, I, I think about the fact that you know, what was the last year, a year before I, I you know, after talking, I and uh, y'all know how I, how I talk about faithfulness, right? Before I could get home, by the time I got home, I got a phone call from somebody, and there's someone had been that was in the service that morning had took something that I said totally out of context. And before I get home, I was on blast all over Facebook. What in the world? I said, well, praise be to God. I didn't even want to know who it was. You know, I don't know. Praise be to God. Why? Because God knows. God knows. Facebook don't reach the whole universe. Huh? Amen. Facebook don't even reach the whole city. Facebook reaches only them friends. Hello. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm too focused on God to get focused on Facebook. Huh? Because I already know Facebook will not prevail against me. Huh? Hello? See, we got to get to that point. Everybody got critics. Y'all got critics. Hello? Anybody here don't got a critic? Huh? It shall not prevail against me. Amen. When trouble comes, stay in the spirit. When things hit you, stay in the spirit. Don't let the things of this life that hit you bring more limitations into your life. Don't cause, let these natural things cause us to question our spiritual God. He's greater than anything that this world can bring your way. And he's able to get you through anything that this world will bring your way. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, let, me, let me look at this couple of passages. I'm reading. I'm reading. I think y'all can get this, right? Y'all getting it? Huh? I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Ephesians 1.17. said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. If we get that, this is a prayer. He's praying that he will give you the spirit of wisdom to know what to do, not just know, but how to do it. That's wisdom. Amen. And of revelation. I told you, he can reveal some things. Of the knowledge, not of the world, not of yourself, but of him. Amen? Not knowledge of how I'm going to manage my flesh. No, of him. Amen? If we get that identity on the inside, then it goes on in the 18th verse, says, And the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Now, I love this. 
Now, this is talking about you taking the limits off. It's not, it's his calling and what the riches of his glory, well, look at that, the, the, I mean, the riches of the glory of his inheritance. A lot of times we talk about our inheritance, but his inheritance in the saints. Now, you get that? He's got an inheritance in you. Huh? I said he's got an inheritance in you. Huh? Hello? I mean, so, so if, he, if he's going to get his inheritance that's in you, amen, that means you've got to be ready to be yielded to him. And it's it, it just like the water hoses. The inheritance is going to come through you. Who's going to be blessed? Spiritually, first of all. Now, look what it says. It's his inheritance in you. Oh, my goodness. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Because he, he, he's trying to get us somewhere. Amen? In the saints, in 19th verse. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Wow. It says his power toward us. Huh? So in other words, you ain't got, you're not doing this of your own power. His power toward us, according to the mighty working of his power, my goodness, which we wrought in Christ when he, when he raised him from the dead and set him on the right hand, on his own right hand in heavenly places. Oh, wow. We got to get this. The power of Christ. For his glory, for his benefit, for his inheritance, operating in you and me. Wow. We don't have to struggle. We just got to take the limits off. We just got to really come to a place of identity and understanding of who we are and what it is God wants to do in us and through us. Amen. Wow. Because but when you think about Hebrews 11 and 6, it said, because without faith, it's impossible to please. So we just believe what God wants to do. Amen. What he's already set set up. And it goes back to the, the very scripture that Pastor Fred was quoting again this morning. John 4, 23 and 26. He's seeking those that are worshiping in spirit and in truth. The time is now. And worship is just not a song. Huh? Worship is just not a service. When the lights are down low and the music's up high. Huh? Worship is a life. Worship is a commitment. Amen. And when we when he finds those people that want to worship him in spirit, living in the spirit, walking in the spirit, operating in the spirit, speaking in the spirit, loving through his spirit, because without his spirit we can't love. Huh? When we get to that place, my God, what limitations would they be? field around you. Huh? Hallelujah. That it can, things will come your way, but it ain't going to shake you. Things will come your way, but it ain't going to move you. I think the rom, about the Romulans firing on Starship Enterprise. And Scotty's saying, our shields are holding. Huh? And that's how we are. Our shields should be holding. We don't want to be down to 4%. Huh?
deal with whatever. Don't limit him. Because when you limit him, you limit yourself. Oh, let's stand.